0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Many of us are already planning
0: our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories, like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more, with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
2: Hey, okay, one thing the game needs
1: is more people like you. You, you, you. Still have grown man, run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts, Daniel Bard, it's Steve Alge, Aaron Salzmanakia. This is Brock Old Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball, baseball, baseball isn't boring.
2: Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford All right, well, baseball isn't boring, and uh, and I know that because I I experienced it this last week. We all experienced it this last week, we this last week of the winter meetings. And we are honored to have on Heimblum. And I'll say this: I love our conversations with Heim. And we've only had a couple of podcast conversations, but this is the this is the forum. This is the, the I think the way to have these sort of conversations about big topics, small topics, everything. And and Heim's always great at it um, because he comes on and he has the conversations. And the first question I would have for you, Heim, First of all, welcome, welcome into thank the week. You, thank you. Uh, is was there a single time in San Diego where you, you thought baseball was boring, where that you were bored? Uh,
1: I don't think there's been a single time since the day I got here in October of 2019 that
2: uh,
1: I have been bored. That's one thing. There have been some high highs and some low lows, but uh, this gig is never boring. I obviously would not be here if I thought baseball was ever boring. Uh, certainly was not in San Diego.
2: Can you show the shirt? Can you, can, can, oh, there, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, repeat Yes, uh, You got it. You it's not only words, it's also actions. He's wearing a baseballs and boring shirt, which we appreciate. Um, I also, by the way, I, I meant to sell this to you, but um, everyone is scurrying around when we had the media availability. I owe you $10 because you did mention Joe Kelly in your first press conference of the week. Um, which I felt like was very nice of you. Um, so there you go, that's good for book sales. So thank you, 10 I'll bucks. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, all right, so let's get down to brass tacks here. I, um, my question is, first of all, uh, what was there a worse way to punctuate your time in CNU than seeing me at the airport? <laughs> is so that independent it's, 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 of everything
1: I'm with Alexander or just generally speaking?
2: Just just I mean it just felt like a, like you came around the corner and you're like I, you basically gave me the Heisman said like said I'm good. <laughs> so so but I, I I I totally uh was sympathetic um to to you know, listen to me. I, no even if there wasn't anything going on at the airport, I probably wouldn't have talked to you a whole bunch because you know, you're amongst your people. But sort of what was your, my question is sort of what was your feeling at that point? Not just because you saw me coming around the corner, talking to Rocco Baldelli, chopping it up, but what was your sort of feeling right then and there?
1: Yeah, look, you know, I think because of the, the, the way that the day happened in the public eye, um, I think there was this assumption that that moment, which let's, let's just to set the stage for all the listeners. This was, I mean, what, within 10 minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes of it getting out in public um, that that Bogey had agreed with the Padres, that I think there was this assumption that that was when we knew that he was not going to be a Red Sox anymore. Uh, And that really wasn't the case, just behind the scenes, the way the day had gone on, uh, and even a little bit the previous night, I think we had a sense of where it was headed and just, look, I, I think we need to own this. It was headed somewhere that we were not going to go. Um, I think if we beat around the bush, there um, we're just, you know, we're we're just trying to snow people. We shouldn't do that. And actually, Rob, as you talk about this this format, and I do think it's a good format to have a discussion. Um, you know, sometimes when we're in kind of press conference style, uh, especially when the goal is to get a soundbite, the goal is to get um, a, a gotcha line. You know, it's it's harder to 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 really break down a topic. And one thing, you know, with you in our conversations, we've all we've always been able to do that. And, you know, we're, we, we can't run from this one. We shouldn't run from this one. So in any case, it, it wasn't a, a huge surprise to us at that moment. I will say at that moment, you know, knowing this was likely coming. And then when it happened, just being hit by uh, the weight of it. And not just for me, probably least of all for me, but for the organization, for literally millions of people uh, who this news would hit very hard. Um, And I know that I get it. I understand it. And, um, you know, that that's really what was hitting me in that moment. Now that on top of I've been to almost 20 winter meetings, I don't think I've ever left one not exhausted. It's just the nature of the way the event works. So even if this had been the least eventful winter meetings in baseball history, I still don't think I would have wanted to talk to anybody Um, just by the by the end of those few days. uh, We're all wrecks and no, everybody can't wait to get out of there. Um, but obviously, you know, knowing what was coming, just not knowing exactly when it would happen, and then and then being hit by all those different things when it did happen. That, that was what was happening there.
2: Okay, so you, you said the the previous night you got that vibe. Can you, can you sort of walk me through this? Because I think that this is sort of a, a thing that a lot of people, And I, and one of the things that I, I'm going to ask you along the lines is, some of the some of the things that maybe you think are misperceptions that you want to clear up this is a good forum to do that I think so if there's anything along those lines but in regards to the timeline you said the night before you had this feeling was that the sort of was it so definitive the night before where you like you're telling the ownership group hey listen this just isn't going to work out
1: no um not necessarily to that point. And look, there's some things I probably shouldn't pull back the curtain on, but just generally speaking, I think that was when we um, really started to realize that there was a really good chance that this was going, in terms of years and dollars, uh, to a place uh, that you know, like I said, we just weren't going to go. Um, now, even with that, uh, there was still conversation, you know, with us, um, with Xander's representation. Uh, throughout the next day. Um,
2: throughout obviously, Wednesday?
1: So, yeah. Um, okay. You know, through, throughout Wednesday, you know, some formal, some in, informal. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's always, you know, even when you're in one of those things, you know there's always a chance. And, you know, especially when you know that you're talking about a player who likes it here. Um, but I think it became clear to us, not having any hard evidence, but just understanding where the conversations were going, um, you know the the Intel we had so to speak, what we were hearing uh, that this was going to end up you know somewhere in a territory that that we weren't going to go, and that usually when that happens uh, you know it means you don't get the player
2: well when you talk about Intel you know that's that's interesting because. I, I, another thing I would love to know is, is, well, does it get to the point where they say, hey, you know, we got this offer and can you want to match it or not? Or do you have to rely on, like you said, intel or, or vague conversations? Did it, did, it, did, it, did it ever get to that point where Xander's representative said, listen, you know, this is what we're dealing with. Here you go. If you want them, come get them.
1: Usually it's not that specific. There are some situations where it is. Um, usually it's not. Um, again, without saying too much. In this case, it wasn't as specific, but, you know, just kind of the general territory I think we understood to be, uh, you know, somewhere that, again, we weren't going to go.
2: When, when you talk about going through that day on Wednesday, um, how, uh, again, I, I don't know what the d- dynamic is. with. I know Sam Kennedy's there, but is there a lot of back and forth, with the owners is there hey you know what can we do what are you thinking because ultimately you've said this before i mean they're the ultimate decision makers they're your boss and and they're going to decide what's what when it comes to how much you invest in a certain player um what does that day look like in terms of your back and forth and again i'm not asking for uh, a transcript of your conversations but just like what's the like with back and forth and And when's the last time, was it, was it about midday? Was it night where you let's say we all just got together with the ownership group and said, this isn't going to happen.
1: It it never went down exactly like that. We had talked the night before and then there was some more conversation uh, on Wednesday, you know, between us uh, and ownership in various ways uh, just seeing um, you know, where, where this was and, and where it might go, where we might go. Um, you know, ultimately, again, I I think we kind of came to the understanding that there was going to be a real gap because it was going to go somewhere that, that we weren't. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to get the player, but usually it does. Um, and then that understanding kind of uh, developed over the course of the day, Wednesday, and then ultimately, you know, led to us realizing at some point in that day that they were going to lock in with another club and, and, you know, and, and try to do a deal.
2: You know, it you've, you've obviously done a lot of deals and every deal has to go through ownership was, but this one, this one was always perceived as a little bit different because I mean, let's just be honest, there's a business aspect of it. Maybe there isn't for other players. Um, same thing coming up with Devers. And we use the examples of, of the names on the back of the little kid's uniforms, right? I mean, so in that respect, did, did you expect, and then I don't think ownership has always said, hey, Han, go do your thing. This is the reason why we hired you. But did you expect that in this case, in the Xander case, that ownership might be a little bit more involved in terms of, um, I don't want to say driving the ship, but certainly saying, being, basically being more involved?
1: I think the best way I could say it is that, you know, they are involved. Like I said, these are organizational decisions. There's an aspect to this type of decision that, you know, I think requires that type of involvement to a degree that, you know, To this is an extreme parallel, but if we're making a waiver claim, um, you know, there's not a phone call to ownership about the waiver claim. And, you know, this is different. Um, so, you know, that's not to say that uh, we in baseball operations Uh, don't, you know, have a huge say in what goes on with this. And that's not to to hide from that in any way. But look, it's just reality. There's some decisions that are big organizational decisions. uh, And there's some that are probably best contained more uh, to baseball ops. Every organization, every front office, every ownership group does those things uh, a little differently. But, you know, something like this, um, they need to be involved and they work.
2: Yeah, this was a big one. I don't know if you know this. This was this yeah. was so big. No, I know. Big. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, it's, it was so big that you termed it as Plan A, and I thought that was a pretty pretty strong um, comment. And I, I understood sort of the importance of it because you want to you want to tell you know everybody this we're, we are serious about going after this guy. But when you do that, Heim, it obviously like that sets the bar a little bit higher. Um, looking back at sort of how like that that statement, um, am I looking too much into this? Like in terms of like, hey, you know, because like, I had never heard anyone say Plan A before <laughs> for anybody. But when you do that, in as a member of the bar or as um, an executive for the Boston Red Sox, the expectation is well, you know, they're the Boston Red Sox; they're going to get Plan A. What what was your thought behind that?
1: Yeah, I you know, I get what you're saying. I actually knew it in the moment. I think you were there. I think that was uh
2: No, I wasn't there. You, I, oh, that's was, right. I was you didn't make I was coaching my Vegas. basketball. Team. Yeah,
1: well you didn't miss much. Um, but uh, <laughs> um yeah, you were supposed to be there and you bailed on us. Oh but,
2: that's oh that's true. Look at you look at your memory. All right. There um, you
1: go. But no, I you know, I I definitely understand that. And you know, I knew it when I said that, but I also look, the alternative is to go out there and do a bunch of like press conference speak and say, you know, try to qualify every single thing you say and say, Oh, there's different options, you know, free agency, blah, blah, blah. And basically just to say a bunch of stuff and not really say anything. Um, And we could have done that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that that's going to change how anybody feels about the ultimate outcome. And so if the only risk of saying it is, Hey, if it ends up, which we knew it could have if it ends up going somewhere where it just look, there is, you know, it, it's, it's really hard, but there is a business side to this where you say, Hey, we just should not do that uh, in terms of what the contract needs to be in order to get them. Uh, and you don't have them. And then people come back and say, well, this was plan a, you know, you missed on plan a, and that's a bad look. I'm well aware of that. Like I'd rather do that than just go out there and say nothing uh, when asked that question, instead of being honest that, you know, we were hoping it all lined up. And I, I recognize, like, at the end of the day, we can choose to make it line up. But there is a point where uh, there is a business side to this, just like there is for players. And if that was a risk we were taking by saying that, you know, that, that's, that really doesn't concern me. At the end of the day, reality is the same. And I'd rather have uh, been forthright when I was asked that at the GM meetings. Uh, then just hid behind a bunch of talk, you know just to preemptively cover my ass if it didn't work.
2: How did plan a change um, you, you you defined Xander as plan A at the GM meetings um, did the perception of plan A being Xander change from in in March? you know so uh, I guess I guess the question is you know like is is was he was he plan a then a yeah, was he plan a? Then And also, if you knew what the market was going to be like, would you have changed your approach even slightly back in March? Because once he got into free agency, you know, we saw all it takes is one. And that one was San Diego.
1: Yeah. Look, you know, I figured we'd be talking about this eventually because, um, you know, what I what I have not actually heard in the last several days is necessarily something saying, like, hey, take everything else out of it. Red Sox should have gone to that territory to secure Xander. A a lot of the conversation is more about what came before that. Um, And, you know, without getting into every bit of it, um, because like I said, I think some of it, Probably should stay behind the curtain. Um, you know, I think that's that's fair. That's something that we need to think about that we need to look at. Um, I do think the dynamics of actually fairly doing these extensions when players are not yet at free agency but close are harder. If you're trying to really make rational decisions, than I think people realize when you look at how a lot of those turn out and so forth. But all that said, I do think, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we – we should look at that because it's something, you know, that, you know, frankly, like I think the Red Sox have at times struggled with and probably struggle with here is, um, you know, finding the path and finding the right time to find a path with homegrown players who, who want to be here. Doesn't mean you're going to find it all the time. That's not realistic. That's just not how baseball works now. But anytime you don't, I, I think, uh, you know, even though some of the narratives surrounding that, Maybe unrealistic, it's also something that we have to look at and, and assess. And believe me, we have done that. Uh, we will do it.
2: And I, wanna, I do want to get into the, sort of the extension talk. We talked a lot, a lot about that in the last podcast. I found it really, really interesting. Um, and obviously, that includes Devers coming up. But just to sort of loop back on, on that is, is that we didn't know, Haim, um, about what this market was going to be like. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where I was interviewing players in spring training and they're talking about how they botched the CBA and and players are taking extensions all over the place because the free agent market wasn't what, what they had hoped. And then you have this market and it's completely opposite. So just to go back to sort of like when you are planning out that extension and when you say, we have to look at that, is it sort of, uh, do you look back and say, you know what, you know, could we have seen this coming, this free agent market and because of that, we should have made, I don't want to say, hey, listen, you make what you think is the best effort, but made a better effort to not let Xander get the free agency.
1: Yeah, look, obviously the way the market's played out to this point, this winter has been, you know, I, I think it's been, it's been a really hot market, you know, no two ways about it. Um, and these things do kind of go up and down. And obviously we've even seen that over the last several years. Uh, Will it always be this way going forward? I think that's harder to know. You know, the the way we're all wired as human beings is the way anything is right now. We always think that that's just the way it's always going to be. And anybody who did that, um, you know, last winter, the winter before, uh, obviously uh, has been proven wrong. But if you're doing that now, you might get proven wrong on the other side, too. Some of these things are harder to predict than we think. Um, You know, obviously, it has changed the way a lot of things uh, looked in the spring. Um, that's, you know, that's just the case. And that's obviously the timing of, of, uh, you know, when Xander's free agency was coming up and, and, you know, he stepped out into free agency at a time and the market was really, really robust.
2: Did, did it surprise you that if you, if, if I asked you back in whatever April in, or even going through the year, did it surprise you that this market was going to be as crazy as it has been? And I, I understand crazy is a relative term, but did, did the market surprise you the way it's trending?
1: I think to some degree. I mean, some of it, I think, uh, you know, we foresaw and was foreseeable just because some of these trends that you usually see, you know, when a new CBA is in place, the certainty usually leads to greater investment when, uh, you know, obviously we had not experienced what it's like to go through COVID, come out of COVID. Uh, Not that COVID, COVID is very much still with us, but to come out of the impact that COVID was having on the economics of the game, which is 2022 rolled on. We, we, we seem to be mostly through at least for now. Uh, so some of those things I think were foreseeable. Um, I, I think some of it also has to do with the fact that there's a lot of teams who are naturally coming out of uh, down cycles where they were more restrained because they had to kind of regroup and, and even rebuild. And and that's not the case now. Some of those things are cyclical. And again, uh, you know, there could be points. Look, there were points last winter, whether it was before the lockout or after the lockout, when things looked to be really rocking and rolling. And then you look back and there were still, uh, you know, points where it kind of stopped or slowed because it is still a question of what individual teams are willing to do. Um, but, you know, it's certainly been really vibrant. I think at the end of the day, it's really good for the game. But, I, I, you know, I think what, what we've seen over the last few weeks is, has been uh, pretty intense.
2: It's been naughty. <laughs> I mean, out of the gate, you know, with the relief pitchers and everything else. And um, so I guess you come out of the, the season and, and you know, listen, you want to put your best foot forward with Xander. And, and uh, by some accounts, you know, ownership meets with him. Everyone's saying how much he you love you, Xander. Xander wants to stay. When you came out of the season, what was your what was your feeling? And with the understanding that it can go anyway and, and the market can go anyway and all it takes is one team, all of that. But coming out of the season, looking back, were you optimistic about getting the deal done with Xander?
1: Hopeful. Yeah. I mean, look, it was pretty clear. um, You know, we, we engaged literally the day after the season. uh, And it was pretty clear at that point that uh, he was going to test free agency, which again, not begrudging that in any way. Look, the guy, again, this he's played for 10 years and had never gone through this process. And now he was literally weeks away from it. I think, for him not to go through it at that point would have been a shock. Um, And and I think that was likely to, to, to be the case no matter what. And, you know, he and and Scott made that pretty clear to us that they still wanted to stay engaged. I, you know, and that, uh, you know, Xander has been very clear both publicly and privately about how much he liked playing in Boston. Um, And that didn't change throughout that process, but it was also something uh, where they were going to see what the market held.
2: Did you get a chance to um, I don't know, have a face to face during the negotiations with Xander? I mean, I know that it, it doesn't mean as much. And for teams that the, the guy's already playing with, you know, they, that's not as important. We go through the whole recruiting conversation, but um, I don't know if you've got a chance to have a face to face with him. And, and the last thing is just, just do, or the last thing regarding that conversation is did you get a chance to speak to Xander since he agreed? To deal with the Padres
1: yeah so not during the negotiations no face-to-face uh you know the last one that I had with him was after the season before he went home uh, and then eventually he went to he went to Arizona um and you know he wasn't quite there yet at the time that that I was out west in the GM meeting so we didn't connect there we traded some messages you know throughout the process um you know, obviously the negotiations were through Scott, but we traded some messages and we've traded messages since this whole thing happened, but, but haven't spoken yet. Uh, I'm sure we will at some point.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may
1: vary. Um, so, yeah, no. Okay, the okay. last face to face was in Boston.
2: The, um, listen, I, I've said this. I think that you can have a very good team this year. You, and you, there's a couple guys that we can't talk about because deals aren't done and, and you get still have money to spend and all of that. Um, but you've, as we know, I don't know if you know this, you've had to make some hard decisions. And um, and the two biggest ones are two guys that could potentially be in the Hall of Fame. That's just how it is. Uh, which one, in totally different circumstances, and we had talked about, you know, when you traded Mookie, it was, it was a big part of this was, uh, you know, you had to build up the farm system, you had to have the support system, all of that. But still, like, the reaction is the same, or relatively the same. For you, which of those... Stung more. I, I don't know how else to put it. Which of you stung more? Of 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 uh, man. You know, this is this is this is a hard one to wear for a couple of days.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's more than a more than a couple of days. I mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. When you see the kids and the wife, and you you get some rest, and you know you you're refreshed, and Now you move on to the next level of free agency, the next level of trades. It's I would imagine there's or the next move. It's not going to go away. I understand that. But, you know, the initial, like, which one stings?
1: Yeah. No, look, and and, and honestly, like, I, I, look, I get kind of, I understand, like, a lot of things. I knew this when I came here, that there were going to be a lot of things, no matter what we chose, as long as we were making choices that ultimately were not irresponsible. Um, and I don't think the organization had any margin for uh, error and any irresponsible choices when I walked in the door. I think things were in a, a, a pretty difficult spot. Um, look, the making you know, any kind of reasoned choice was going to lead to me being the bad guy. Uh, And, you know, that's something I don't like that or want it, but I recognize it kind of comes with the territory. And, um, you know, I don't worry about that, really, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, these decisions, I think, because we make these business decisions, I think people might assume that, you know, whatever, this guy's got ice in his veins, he makes it and then it's on to the next thing and doesn't wear it all. And you could ask my wife or my kids that trust me, that is not the case. Um, And I know that's also hollow going to be hollow for our fans to hear because they're like, well, guess what, you still get to make the decision. The rest of us don't, we still have those same, same feelings. So I get that. And, and, uh, you know, that, 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 is just the reality of the situation. You know, I think, look, I've been here longer now, so maybe this one's just fresher, but I think there's a lot more kind of layered onto it. Um, and obviously we haven't seen how it's going to play out yet. And I do have a lot of confidence uh, that we're going to surprise people this year. Um, some of that is because, you know, we're coming off a down year. where frankly, you know, I think the talent in the room, and I think the, the guys would maybe did say this or would have said this at the last week of the season when everybody was sort of taking stock of what happened, the talent room was a lot better than the record we put up. Um, But, you know, look, you rewind to the, to the Mookie thing. Um, That was obviously tough. And I I told people when I came in that I didn't expect that we were going to trade him. And that was true. I didn't think that there would be uh, something on the table that I thought made sense for us to punt that last year with Mookie, but I also felt where the organization was, and you and I talked about this the last time I was on the show, um, that it did not make sense to try to uh, do what would have been required to do an extension with him, that it wasn't something that we were well set up to win with. And I would stand by that. I don't think, you know, in in 2021, coming out of like a year where we had no fans, And by the way, at the time we were making all of our offseason decisions, we were still at a point where we had not been cleared to have a single fan in Fenway Park in in 2021. And we still were backed by ownership, you know, to be able, you know, on a relative basis to do some things financially that a lot of other organizations weren't. But even within what we were uh, able to do and cleared to do, I don't think that if we had had Mookie and what that would have cost us in terms of other things that we did, um, I don't think that we would have been able to have the season we had in 2021. Um, and obviously, you know, the rest of it's going to, going to play out from there. Now, this one, obviously we don't know yet how it's going to play out, but just cause I've been here longer, I think, um, you know, the connection, the organization I've worked with Xander for three years, right. And got to see him up close. And it's every bit of what you would think. And as an opponent, You know, this guy wore us out with uh, with with the Rays. And you could just sort of see from across the field, not just the talent, but how his teammates felt about him. And that's all real. And uh, it's even more real behind closed doors. Uh, So that part of it hurts. Um, And, you know, I knew that, you know, if he left, that it was going to really hurt. And I do wear that, I think, more than more than people think. Um, still have to make the right decisions for the organization. That comes with the territory, Uh, but that doesn't make it easy from an emotional standpoint.
2: Well, you you mentioned the clubhouse, the guys. I mean, there hasn't been a player, you know, whether it's recently retired guys, whether it's guys on the team, the, you know, the leaders of the team who were so vocal about Xander. I mean, that's another part of this, right? And it's just the the cost of doing business. You, You, much like, you know, you, you, in the trade deadline, you had to go to the team, you had to address the team, you, you talk. That was that was probably went a long, long way with those guys to communicate your thought, your feelings and all that. Um, do you have to do something similar with some of these guys? I mean, there's there's not the, the foundational guys, the, the veteran guys, you're sort of having some turnover, but there's still guys. I mean, there's still guys who are we're who very vocal about oh, we need to keep Zander. We need to keep Zander. Do you have to do that?
1: Yeah, that's part of this. I mean, that's already happening. Um, you know, I, I think it's part of it. And I think that's true about decisions, large or small, um, whether it's with a, a 10 year veteran, whether it's with a, uh, you know, a cornerstone player in the organization or whether it's with someone we, who, who is an up and down player um, who might be getting sent down and not liking the circumstances of why that's happening. Um we just just like we ask for accountability from our players for what they do uh, and that they stand behind the things that they do. We owe them that. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're here for a day or they're here for 10 years. Uh, that's part of it.
2: The um, you talked about extensions, the importance of extensions. I would imagine that the importance of extensions and, and even before we knew this free agent market, we know how valuable they were. And, and we had talked about this on the last podcast about how the organization really had gone sort of in a dry spell with this you and you did Garrett Whitlock. That was a step in the right direction. And I know that you've tried to do other guys, including trying to do Raphael Devers well before this, but um, does it become more important than ever to do those extensions? And and also does it become more difficult than ever, particularly with, with a guy like Devers because not only because he's so deep in his, his contract commitment with the team, but also just because the price is going, it seems to go be going up every single minute.
1: Yeah. And again, like I said, it's, it's, it's somewhat subjective how you forecast where the market's going to go from here and look out. And it's obviously speculative and people can look at that differently, but um, yeah, long and short of it is, I, I think it's important on both sides. Um, you know, with Rafi, you know, we've, felt this way. And obviously we haven't found it yet. And and he's done what he's done on the field and put himself in a really good position. Um, The way I look at this is, you know, if there's anything within reason or even a little outside of reason uh, that will keep him here, uh, it's something we're going to, we're going to pursue. And we're serious about that. Um, Again, I've said this before, it's true. It's all talk till we have a deal. Right. So I know that nothing's changed with that. Um, And then as far as, as young players, this is something that, I've talked about actually for a little while and we talked about it for every five, six, seven approaches you make, you might get one deal. Um, But it's something that the organization used to do and kind of got away from and something I believe in and that I think we weren't at a point, obviously we're not at a point with Rafi where we're in that part of his career. We weren't at a point with Xander. I mean, Xander had already done one extension, right? He already put free agency off once. Um, But you know, we we should be in the business of doing those. It's a little bit of a different calculus because really then you're talking about players really early in their careers who uh, have not had security. And it's kind of a risk sharing proposition where they may be taking some upside off the table for themselves financially in order to get that security. And basically taking the risk that when you're a player and you go through your career, it's all on you. The team is basically taking on some of that risk earlier in the player's career by guaranteeing them a bunch of money. And in an exchange, looking for, you know, extending the term of control. And really what that takes, and i would said this to you before, I think is what it takes is you have to have faith that the contract is not going to change the person. But if you can check that box, and obviously the talent is there, it's something we should pursue. And uh, we have been doing that. We will continue to do it.
2: You, you were part of one of the, the most notable early contract extensions of the Evan Longoria deal. And, I mean, he was like a, like a week out into his major league career, whatever it was. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was very early. But looking back at that dynamic, is it more difficult? Is it more difficult to do? Like you said, it, it, well, you might hit on one of every seven or eight. But is it more difficult to do than it was back then?
1: There's no question. Um, I think it was a newer concept back then. You didn't see as many of these. I mean, you had seen in the 90s with Cleveland – doing a lot of deals that bought out arbitration. The notion of buying out arbitration and getting either guaranteed years or club option years on free agency was fairly new at the time. And the market has evolved and changed and moved a lot since then. And there are a lot of forces, both institutionally, interpersonally, that get in the way of of players doing these, even when they might be disposed to do them. I'm not saying that's wrong. It might be Wise in a lot of cases for guys to bet on themselves, but uh, there are a lot of forces pulling them away from these types of deals more so than I think there used to be back in those days. I just view it as it's a personal decision. I don't think that we should begrudge anybody who doesn't want to do it or uh, feels like they want to set the bar in a place that we feel isn't a good business decision for us. Um, That's that's a personal decision. What we can do is identify who we want to go after and, and to what extent and go do it.
2: Does, does the, the way that things have transpired over the last month or so with the market, um, does that make you uh, more motivated than ever to not let a guy like Devers get to free agency? I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it because the perception is, I think, and you, like you said, things can turn. Who knows? We don't know our year from now. But the perception is, is that in the last month and a half, that he probably made himself some money in terms of how he's valued just because of the way the market is. And you, are, you just experienced the, the pitfalls of free agency. We already knew it, does, but does that motivate you even more to get a deal done with him?
1: Yeah. I mean, short answer is yes. And we have been motivated. Um, look, every day between now and free agency obviously puts us closer to that time. Um, that's not to say it's all a one-way street, right? There's, there's risk the other way. And sometimes you've seen it in the history of the Red Sox, you've seen it in some other organizations where longtime players do go to free agency and end up staying with their teams. So it doesn't always work out this way, but obviously you're introducing a level of risk, letting it get to that point. Um, so, you know, my short answer to that is yes. I gave you kind of well, a longer and, answer. To
2: and, you know, you said something in passing real quick, but you said, you know, I, I'm going to paraphrase, but the, you said of what's reasonable and what's a little bit beyond reasonable. I mean, that's – I've said this – you know, I tweeted the other day. I said, you can't complain about a team signing a guy saying, oh, I wouldn't pay that much for it because that's the cost of doing business in free agency, Right.
1: Yeah, and it's part of why it takes a lot of things besides free agency, a lot of things besides these types of contract to build an organization. Because you look at any winning organization, you can't build it solely on those types of deals. But we are fortunate here in Boston; those types of things can be part of uh, our portfolio. So we should be willing to do them. Those deals, um, you know, there are there are situations. You know, not everything just sits in a spreadsheet. There are situations where it makes sense uh, to extend. Uh, even even in a place like Boston, you can't build a team doing just that. You have to do other things. You have to develop and, and grow players. You know, you have to find the right complementary players. Um, but we can do it sometimes, and we we should be willing to make those bets uh, when it makes sense.
2: All right, this is this is a question which is probably going to give me sort of a we'll see answer. But your gut right now when it comes to the shortstop position. Uh, do you have the guy on your team or do you think that the way that things are trending that you'll get someone from the other uh, outside the organization?
1: Yeah, that's the I, I do have to give you a we'll see answer. Um, look, even <laughs> no. as we even as even as I was talking about plan A, uh, even saying that that suggests there's ob- there obviously needs to be other plans and. At that time, you don't know exactly what the market's going to look like. Um, We are fortunate going into it. We have a couple guys on on the team that we feel uh, can do it and are perfectly qualified to do it. But we also want to look at all all options outside the organization, too, Um, hoping all the while that it wasn't going to come to any of those. But, you know, now that it has, we have a little bit more information uh, on the market uh, on what options are available to us. you know, we'll obviously have to see how it plays out. I'm not ready to come out there and, and, and plant a flag, but I will say it's nice to have uh, options on the team. Now, obviously, even if it stays internal, that still means we, we want to make the team better in other ways. Um, the bottom line is, uh, you know, winning is a, is a bigger goal than, than any one player. That's what we're here to do, and we have to make sure we put a team out there that can do that.
2: All right. Like I said at the beginning, I want you to give you the opportunity to say, okay, you know, let's get back this, this, this um, the reality back on track here uh, that there's a lot of, believe me, there's a lot of stuff lying around before, during, after and everything else. As I said, in the last podcast, I I asked, you said you you could ask me anything you wanted because I asked you a lot of questions and I appreciate you answering them. But I think the better thing to do, because what are you going to ask me? Like, you know, how was the David Ortiz charity golf tournament? It was great. You know, I get to see Rick Porcello. It was great. So, uh, but what is the thing? Is there anything that you want to sort of use this forum to say, hey, listen, I, I hear this out there. And this isn't like you defending yourself or anything. But I I just getting things like here's the reality of this situation. Is there anything along those lines?
1: You know, I don't think it makes sense for me to say, hey, you know, like, we got to get our narrative out there or whatever that. Look, there isn't. I think any attempt to kind of sugarcoat uh, what happened Wednesday night is, is frankly, we're, we're barking up the wrong tree. I think what we can say is, is okay, where do we go from here? And fact of the matter is, even if, as we talked about, maybe there's some things that, that the organization would do over looking way back in history, different, different departures, things like that. The organization always kept going, picked itself up um, whether immediately or, you know, or eventually, and won again. And that's all we're focused on doing. That's ultimately what we owe our fans is a good team and winning baseball. And I feel very confident that we're going to be capable of that, that we're going to have a good group. Uh, and that there's a lot of things really, uh, you know, Alex has talked about it, we talked a lot about it uh, with each other in September, that we can do to put our players in better position to win and help them be their best selves. Which so really when you look at winning organizations now in today's era, that's what they do really well. Um, they, they get a lot out of the talent that they have. And we certainly are going to go into the spring with enough talent in that room to put together an October run. And as we've seen the last few years, Uh, If you are capable of playing in October, especially coming out of the AL East, which in 2023 is probably going to be the best division in the history of the game, uh, then you are capable uh, of winning it all. And that is ultimately what we need to be focused on. I know right now for fans, it's very hard to see that. I'm not trying to take any of that away, but that's really where we're looking forward. And and I definitely feel like with the group of players that we have and players that we're going to continue to add with the organization that we have, with the manager and staff that we have, uh, we are going to be in position to do that. We We have to go prove it. But I think it's going to be really important for our group to have that mindset going into spring training. When you look at 2021, one of the things that stood out to me, there were a lot of things you could say going into 2021 about that club that we put together going into the spring, even aside from looking at how we played in 2020. Take that out of it. Just look at that club. You could have poked all sorts of holes in that team. It wasn't good enough here, wasn't good enough there. You know, what about this question mark? What about that question mark? Whatever we do between now and spring training, I'm sure that's going to that, be the same uh, coming into the spring. But just with the emotional temperature turned up because of everything uh, that has happened. The fact of the matter is in 21, and I give our players credit for this, I give Alex and the staff a lot of credit for this, really everybody in the organization a lot of credit. We came into spring training and there was a sense of purpose there in that camp. And nobody was focused on what we didn't have or what question marks there were. They were focused on going out and winning. And, yeah, you know, we got our teeth kicked in that first series by Baltimore, but then we got hot. And there were ups and downs during that year, too. But at our best, and you saw this nowhere more than in the playoffs, where for, you know, two and a half weeks, I think everybody uh, who is associated with this organization thought, there is no stopping us. We are, going, we are taking this all the way. We didn't get there. But that feeling existed because of culture and environment and people. And it had nothing to do with any of those questions. And it existed in spite of us knowing, look, we are not a perfect team on paper. I actually think, I thought last year we had more talent in the room than we did in 21. I think this year we're going to have more talent in the room than we did in 21. It's really a question of having the right mindset. I feel really confident with... uh Again, the the people we have in this organization that we're going to have that, it's going to be on us to make it as easy as possible, understanding that this is tough right now, easy as possible for our fans to feel that too, because our fans are a tremendous, tremendous uh, asset for us that help us win. And we're going to have that feeling uh, when we roll into spring training. I'm confident of that. And we need to find ways to let our fans in on that. That's not going to take away the pain of seeing a a player we all love go play somewhere else. But if we have that for real, we are going to uh, be able to ride that and we're going to be able to win. And we need to let our fans in on that as much as we possibly can.
2: Last thing besides uh, a sweet baseballs and boring red hoodie, which are just coming out or being released, which would be a nice compliment to the t-shirt you're wearing. Um, what is, what do you want to add here? Um, what do you want to add to the team? Uh, I know there's a couple moves, you know, uh, that you can't talk about cause they aren't officially announced, but going into this week, going to the week after, what, what are some of the, the things that you sort of want to prioritize?
1: Yeah, look, there's, this isn't to rule out anything that's kind of quote unquote off the board because I think you always have to be open to different possibilities that strengthen us. Um, you know, I, I definitely would like, obviously, I think even though we have good, like I said, good internal options at short, um, hoping to make us a little stronger up the middle. Um, you know, that's something where, you know, I do feel like we're on our way, obviously, to to adding, you know, some some offense to the club. Um, but to make us a little stronger up the middle, um, you know, whether that's offensively, defensively, or both, uh, I think now with the way the, the roster sits and with some of what we have, you know, coming down the, the pike that uh, we could use, uh, you know, some right-handed power uh, or just right-handed bat doesn't have to necessarily be power. We just need need to be able to produce runs from both sides of the plate. And then obviously to continue to strengthen the pitching staff. uh, I do think, you know, we're, we're in a position where uh, Alex actually has said this in a couple, I don't know if he said it publicly. I think he has, where, you know, again, you take out the context and all of the, the noise surrounding 2022 and you look at this group of young starting pitchers that we have racked up uh, you could say, man, it's a pretty interesting group. Uh, and we have some veterans uh, in front of them to lead them, but it'd be great to, to continue to add to that group. Uh, but I, th- I, I think we're in really good shape as far as having young guys who can take the ball and, and grow and develop. Again, it's on us. It's on them too, but it's on us to get the most out of that guy. So there's going to be talent uh, in that room to keep runs off the board much more successfully than we did in 2022. Uh, and we have to put everybody in position to do it.
2: Well, i um, I hope you had a good time, man. This <laughs> is, I know it's, it's not a, it's, 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 a tough time for you. I get that. Um. I can't appreciate, I can't tell you how much enough, how much we appreciate you coming on. I think that a lot of people appreciate you coming on. Honestly, um. it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough conversations, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's good conversations and this is, I, I, I pre, and I hope that you felt like um, this was a forum where you were able to have that sort of discussion, which, which is important, right?
1: Yeah. Look, you guys don't, you're not shying away from tough questions. There's no, there's not softballs in here. Um, But we also have a chance to really talk through things, which is good. And something, like I said, I believe it. We ask it of our players. We ask it of everybody in the organization, Um, you know, accountability, own what you do, um, you know, be clear about where you're at uh, and what you're trying to accomplish. We owe that back to everybody who, works in this organization especially our players and we owe it to our fans and so I'm not going to shy away from any opportunity to provide that uh in any forum but I appreciate both the questions and like I said they're not easy questions but uh you know just the the willingness to discuss this more at length um like I said when I saw you in the airport um I think I think some people might have thought I was sort of surprised that that he was leaving at that point I wasn't Um, If anything was hitting me, it was, you know, knowing this was coming, it was still kind of the finality in that moment of um, knowing, you know, what this was going to mean and for how many people and how much work lies ahead of us uh, to get everybody back where they need to be and uh, feeling about the organization like uh, they have felt in the past. Because I know when people feel like that, I know the environment that we have when we earn it. We got to go earn it. Did you sleep on the plane? A little bit.
2: Oh, good a for you.
1: Bit. Yeah, good for you. I'm not yeah. great at sleeping on planes, but like I said, coming, that, coming out of the winter meetings is always one of the most exhausting baseball events of the year. Every year, even when nothing happens. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's at some point, you know, you can't keep your eyes open anymore. A little
2: known fact, and everyone's going to want to cherish this uh, statement. It's the only time I've thrown up on a plane coming back from the Vegas winter meetings. Oh wow! So which well, you talking about an eighteen or in oh eight? No, 08. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the recycled air and standing, it's not good. It's not good. Did you anyway?
1: This is kind of gross, I guess. But like, did you get it all in the bag?
2: Yeah. Well, yes. It was the first time I understood that the technology of uh of those bags are good. Uh, they work. And also, Dan Duquette was the row in front of me. And, oh man! So I think that he got a kick out of it. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Happy holidays. And, um, and, uh, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: You bet. Sounds good. Thank you guys. This episode is
0: brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.